0: We're an independent body uh, and and need to uh, carry out our uh, functions in an independent way. But we do that, obviously, within a a political framework uh, with priorities set by the, the states.
1: Welcome to the Bailiwick Express podcast. My name is Matthew Leach. I'll be joined each week by a guest for a series of podcasts. Each will shine a light on topics from across the Bailiwick. The format will change week to week. We'll have debates, reviews, hot seat interviews and special guests. So stick with us as we offer some insight on some of the most important issues we in the Bailiwick face. The Guernsey Competition and Regulatory Authority has revealed its main projects for next year. They include work on the island's broadband services, rollout of fibre to homes and businesses and development of the energy sector. The group was set up with the aim of supporting and maintaining well-functioning markets in Guernsey and it does this by investigating market failures, working with industry to avoid them and promoting the interests of consumers and their access to fair markets. The GCRA recently fined the medical specialist group £1.5 million for breaching competition law and also found that telecoms companies JT and Shaw had broken competition law too and is considering whether to find them. We spoke to both the chief executive Michael Byrne and the new chair Chris Bolt about these headline-grabbing stories and the future of regulation in the island. So, um, I guess, you know, I've got the new chair newish chair i suppose chris bolt here with us and um the you're the chief executive michael yes. um i mean you know, i'll let it leave it to you to start off with to launch straight into it i mean what does the
0: future hold for the gcra and shall i start off on that i i as as you say I, uh, matthew i'm newish to the role uh, i was appointed in july last year Uh, But uh, it's a fairly uh, unusual set of circumstances for two reasons. Uh, One is that um, uh, when I was appointed, it was actually the point at which uh, the previous uh pan channel islands regime uh was uh, uh, was abandoned and jersey and guernsey had their own competition and regulatory authorities again so i just pointed to the the guernsey role and what we've had to do uh is sort of re-establish uh the the guernsey authority as a standalone authority uh with uh with our own distinctive uh way of working uh, and that's been very much my focus over the uh the past uh, 18 months and the other unusual feature about this period obviously is uh, is covid uh, which has meant that rather than getting out to guernsey uh, sort of once a month as i would have uh, expected i think i've been out uh, michael might correct me but i think it's four times uh, in in 18 months uh, with the various restrictions uh, that we've had on on travel uh, uh, but but uh, al- alongside all of that uh, i've had the opportunity to uh, talk to uh, a number of the, the, the key politicians, and obviously, particularly uh, Neil Inder, Deputy Inder, the uh, President of the Committee for Economic Development. And that's been helpful uh, in. Uh, you know, since both that process that I was describing of, of establishing our uh, since refreshed identity, but also making sure that uh, the work that we're doing uh, is appropriately aligned with the political uh, uh, objectives, you know, since the general election uh, last year, uh, you know, with, with a, a new uh, states with a, a different agenda. Uh, we're an independent body uh and and need to uh, carry out our uh, functions in an independent way but we do that obviously within a, a political framework uh with priorities set by the the states uh, you know the deputies as the the, the elected uh, uh members of the states uh and the work program that we've now published Uh, is very much uh, in that spirit. Uh, You know, we've set out, uh, we hope we've set out clearly uh, what we think we're here to do and what our priorities are, uh, recognising the distinctive features of of a small island economy and and the particular issues in Guernsey. Uh, But uh, doing that uh, in a transparent way, within a a framework of uh, uh, of, uh, political priorities, uh, so that... uh, uh, you know, we, we can achieve uh, you know, our headline objective, which we describe as promoting value and choice for Guernsey consumers to the benefit of the Guernsey economy. You know, that, that we, we, regulation and competition uh, authorities are not uh, uh, here just to uh, 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 you know, amuse themselves. We're here to do a proper job and deliver uh, benefits to consumers and to the economy so yeah that that's the context in which we've uh, developed our program for 2022 uh, a number of the priorities you know which we can talk about uh, are uh, very much linked in with priorities of the new states uh, and uh, uh, you know, at the same time uh, making sure that when we have uh, particular issues raised with us that we address those in a in a proper way, uh, you know, re- taking full account of the priority uh, of different issues uh, in a way which uh, reflects the um, the framework within which you operate and the duties and functions that we've been given by statutes.
1: Well, we'll definitely dive into the future-focused document. It makes for an interesting reading for the next year. I'm interested to note that your your job kind of started as covid hit us i mean is it has it been a different job than you expected it to be uh,
0: yes i think is is the answer uh in two ways uh one is uh, obviously covid and uh, uh you know both as a, as a uh, you know the the team you know the board and and uh, uh, the office uh needing to uh, get used to um, doing more things remotely uh uh, which I think we've, we've managed pretty successfully. And uh, uh, everyone is now used to Teams and Zooms, and Zoom and uh, uh, things like that in a way we weren't 18 months ago. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, it, it's also been uh, a big period of change. And, and I, I'm not sure I quite anticipated uh, the uh, the speed at which uh, uh, Jersey and Guernsey would uh, diverge in terms of the, the priorities and areas of focus uh, you know, over that period.
1: And so, um, I notice in the in the document it says the GCRA is critical following COVID. Um, uh, why so? Uh,
0: well, uh, if if we start off with uh, uh, you know that uh, high level ob- objective of uh, uh, you know, working in a way which benefits uh, consumers and the Guernsey economy, and, and COVID's uh, had a big impact on uh, economies worldwide, Guernsey's not escaped that. Uh, It's all the more important that uh, uh, the way we operate uh, uh, builds for the future, addresses the the infrastructure needs that uh, uh, are being identified to help Guernsey prosper in future. Uh, But do it uh, in a way which uh, properly reflects the the specific circumstances of, of Guernsey, uh you know we're, we're not here just to uh, uh sort of implement a, a textbook you pull off the shelf it's it's doing things in a uh in a live environment uh and responding to circumstances uh is clearly one of the huge uh, uh changes there's been uh which makes uh, you know our approach to things as you say you know much more critical
2: could I jump in there matt because i think there's some really important um elements or points to that i mean When you you see the kind of economic stress that happens as a result of COVID, you know, all the reports you see is that the companies that tend to suffer the most actually tend to be the smaller businesses. And the need for people to get value for money because there's financial stress becomes that much more important. The importance of Guernsey being a location of choice for businesses is that much more important. So if you are going to, Um, kick on from there you have to make sure those things are working better than ever before and i think that's a big part of it as well as and and chris um, mentioned this point the policy direction the states have for example developed this um priority of fiber to the premises that's a big policy project, but there are others, you know, 5G and so on, supporting that is then also critical because everyone recognizes the governments of this world have had to, to make some big decisions about future direction pro- priorities and, and this states has done that. So looking to support that is also important. And I think it's it's been heightened, as Chris says, um, as a result of COVID. These things have always been important. They seem particularly important now.
1: So one of those issue, uh those uh, topics I suppose we pick up in our priorities for 2022 this work program we have. I mean the first ones are the review of broadband provision and the complete of the review of te- telecoms business connectivity market. Um what are the plans for this? Can you talk a little bit about the these two first priorities before we talk about others?
2: Yeah, I can take that Chris.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean I th- I think there's there's really two key elements to this. The one is Making sure that actually we get the kind of quality levels that um, meet the state's aspirations in promoting this. You know, so I think that's important, and we'll have a role to play in that, and we'll we'll have a think about what the most appropriate ways of doing that. And we've certainly been engaging with some of the policymakers to to, to gauge um, what matters in this in this sphere. So there's going to be the the issue of broadband quality and making sure we actually get the sort of um, high levels that that we aspire to in terms of quality. Um, And the other is when you have this kind of disruption, I mean, this is a one in 60, 80 year event. I mean, this is a, a very significant changeover. The impact on those who rely on the network, I'm talking about other telcos now, is something to factor in. And so they are in essence customers of the main network provider in this case sure in guernsey and making sure that the transition how communication works that prices are fair that the kind of options um those sort of providers are looking for or look are or, or, or taken care of and now we've seen quite positive signs i've certainly been in communication with sure and they've engaged with, with OLOS. But we'll need to see whether all of those needs are being met and on an ongoing basis. Um, And it's that kind of oversight role, you know, in those two areas that I think will get the, the highest priority when it comes to broadband.
1: While we're um, in this topic, then, um, I, don't, I hope you don't mind speaking on it at all. But, you know, we're talking about Sure and JT. Uh, recently, you know, the GCRA made the call that they broke competition law and um, they criticised the decision um, in, in a similar vein, as did the MSG about their £1.5 uh, million pound fine. Um, can you speak on, you know, how you take these criticisms on board?
2: Well, I think these are straightforward competition decisions, really. and. Um and we'll we'll deal with them all the arguments on their merits. We've gone through quite a considerable process of considering evidence um, you know um, these these may well be matters of legal process going forward um, and uh, we'll deal with them uh, as they as those issues come up
0: and just just to add to that and, and without obviously getting into the detail of the of the cases I, I think uh, you know both the ones that uh, you've referred to there uh, are examples where uh, uh you know we we see issues which affect both uh individual um you know c- citizens but also as michael was saying small businesses uh so th- in terms of our uh, uh prioritization principles uh, you know both of them were significant issues we've dealt with them uh in the way that we uh, believe is consistent with the uh, the legal framework and certainly uh consistent with due process because you know we we have had uh you know, long engagement with all the parties here you know that that sort of uh, due process uh you know is an important part of uh, a, a regulator's approach. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, I'm just going back to the uh, the issue of uh, uh, broadband and business connectivity, uh, uh, you know, I, th- I think you know we. <laughs> as i was saying before uh you know we we're, we're all used now uh, to using um, uh, you know teams and zoom uh, to a much greater extent than we, we were previously so uh, uh the effectiveness of broadband services and uh, uh, the the price of broadband services is bound to be a major issue uh what we need to do is uh, you know support uh the the move to introduce new technologies uh but at the same time make sure that there aren't unintended consequences uh so the uh uh the the the, the trial of uh, five of the premises at the moment uh which uh, is being undertaken you know one of the issues that uh, uh we have uh, uh had to look at is what provision needs to uh, be made uh, to deal with situations where uh there are power uh, uh outages uh, uh, so that uh, people have got some backup facilities for uh, c- uh, contacting emergency services. Uh, and in the UK, uh, Storm Arwen, uh, uh, a, a month or so ago, uh, there were some people in the north of England uh, without power uh, for over seven days uh, and without a mobile signal. Uh, so, uh, you know, if, if you're relying on, on broadband uh, in, in situations like that for emergency services, you've got a problem. Uh, so I think you know it's issues like that where uh, you know we we obviously as as set out in the work programme will want to support uh, the move to uh, new technologies. Uh, do it in a way which uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, delivers the the good uh, service to customers and the right price to customers. But also, uh, you know, we're here to make sure that uh, if there are uh, unintended consequences, some vulnerable consumers might be adversely affected by those changes, that we're here to protect them. And by the very nature of this work, you
1: must have to keep abreast of all changes in, in communications technology it must be incredibly complicated to be able to keep on top of everything that's happening.
0: It can be, of course. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't think any of us would claim to be uh, experts in uh, uh, the uh, you know. The detailed technology of, of of how these these things work, but in our our you know our approach is is very much to make sure that we're asking the right questions. Uh, you know, and and if if we haven't got the answers, uh, uh, we know people uh, you know who we can go to to get those answers. And if we um
1: then move on to uh, another the next uh, priority in your list work programme for 2022, which is to support the ongoing development of the state's policy in the energy sector. Um, What are the difficulties in in regulating this kind of market when it's dominated by by an uh, an electricity company such as gel?
0: And you're right, uh, in some sectors, competition will never be fully effective i think you know, telecoms is is one where uh, you know with with three significant operators that uh, could well be sufficient competition uh, electricity uh, is a, a different type of market and Guernsey electricity you uh, know is in a a, a different uh, position not least because uh, it's uh, state owned um, uh, you know i you you'll know that um you know the the recent policy uh, letter uh, uh you know with legislation following uh is removing us from having a direct role in price setting uh whatever our views on the merits of that you know our job is to make sure that we support uh uh you know the the objective of a government that make sure it works in a in a way which does protect uh, customers so you know we're looking at how uh, our role will fit with the uh, SDSB's role uh, as we move forward. Uh, but it's very clearly envisaged that uh, some of, uh, you know, many of our current functions, you know, competition functions, but also uh, functions in relation to renewable energy uh will remain uh, so you know we this this is an area uh where uh, you know as as we say in the document you know we we will need to uh, sit down with SDSB and and others and uh, and, and work out exactly how uh, the the policy objectives are going to be achieved uh you know that's going to be a, an early priority in 2022
1: but there is going to be a space for you alongside STSB in this work
0: very very clearly yes yes and you know, the, uh, what what is happening I, we we'll need to see the the, the final uh, uh te- drafting of the legislation see exactly how it uh, you know our role is, is being changed uh but uh, it it is certainly not uh, doing what it might have done for example which is take Uh, um, electricity out of uh, uh, the the ambit of uh, regulation and competition altogether. It's not done that. So our competition functions uh, will remain unchanged and many of our uh, regulatory functions will still be there. It's just uh, uh, price setting uh, for the the tariff market which is being uh, uh, transferred over to STSB.
2: Yeah, renewables would be quite important in energy as well, Matthew. The um the extent to which the states want to um, encourage and promote renewables will be a, a key part I think of I speak in terms of us supporting the policy objectives in this area and so you know that is going to be quite I think quite an interesting conversation actually to see how Guernsey responds um, on that side of things given the sort of potential that um, appears to be out there.
1: Do you think the market can change quite rapidly in the next year with a push towards more renewable sources of, of electricity?
2: Well, you know, everything that um, we're hearing is is that companies who provide this kind of technology are overbooked and struggling to keep up, um, you know, so it's going to take something. What am I hearing? In the summer, you'll be lucky to get an installer these days in Guernsey. That's how full their books are. So it does look as if it is something people are very interested in.
1: Absolutely. So if um, we move along next then, continuing. I mean, your work streams aren't just uh, electricity, uh, power and uh, connectivity in the new year. It says here that you've also got um, a number of uh, workshops lined up. I mean, talk through what other kind of work streams you have in uh, 2022.
2: Yeah, it's worth talking about telecoms business connectivity, actually, I think. Um, don't you, Chris? Because that's an area, you know, if we're talking about post-COVID, you want to make sure in this day and age that businesses can operate um at subject to reasonable prices that their ability to expand at a pace um is is reasonable and then those demands might be different um going forward and you, you really part of our job here is, is checking um there are constraints to business growth um it isn't necessarily about you know companies doing things in, in an untoward way, or in the case of the network owner here, um, but it's looking and saying wh- what do customers want, and is is the the way in which this is done um, in their best interest. So when it comes to telecoms business connectivity, these are the kind of private um, leased lines, high capacity, high grade communication systems that businesses rely on. Um, one of the things that we have certainly heard from, um, from industry is when they want to expand and grow a bit more, the, um, the options out around there in terms of upgrading, are, are, the steps are too high, if you like. And so we're looking to see what, what is going on there and why can't businesses expand in a more measured way rather than taking on you know, doubling uh, their capacity because the only other product is another big big capacity line that they have to buy. Can they buy something smaller? So there's that. Um, there, there's also this issue around, are they paying a fair price for it? We haven't looked at that for some time, so we, we're looking into that area. Um, and you really m- wanted to make sure that um, you, you're, you're dealing with a, a level of cost and, and value for money. Um, and by value for money, I mean, doesn't necessarily mean cheap. um, In fact, when it comes to business connectivity lines, it isn't really about cheap, it's about um, whether the price and the quality really are, you know, relate to each other reasonably well. And the other is is that it's less known, but these sort of connections are what support um, the mobile operators. With 5G coming, the demand um, in terms of capacity will get an awful lot bigger. And so... This whole area, which is what we call backhaul for so mobile operators, is going to be that important, much bigger cost component of their business because it will have to cope with much higher levels of, of demand and capacity. So we want to make sure we're prepared for 5G as well. So when it comes to telecoms business connectivity, those are the three areas really. You know, The pace of, of expansion, is it appropriate in terms of what is available out there, are prices, value for money, and is the backhaul market working as well as it can in ahead of 5G.
1: And does this this tie in with, um, you know, I'm trying to wrap my head around 5G, we've covered it before, is this tied in with offering spectrum? Is that how it works? Yeah,
2: yes, yeah. I mean, 5G is, um, I mean, normally people talk about mobile technologies as, as being kind of these Gs, you know, 2G, 3G, 4G. 5G is not really, you know, four plus one. 5G is something very, very different. It's a dramatically different way in which systems and communications actually will potentially work in the future. So um, its um, its challenges are that much more complex. It's certainly likely to be much more pervasive in the way we do things. But we're a small island, um, so the first priority we- here yeah, really is making sure that the very, very high speeds that come through are, are things that the island can benefit from. Um, and then there are going to be these more sophisticated kind of, of, of things which everyone talks about, but they're not happening right now. But um, I don't know if you saw, but there's a fa- there was a fantastic experiment that the states did. Um, a year or two ago where they had different uh, musicians performing in different cities in America and uh, with a conductor conducting them using 5G. So, you know, it, I'm not saying that is a major business case, but it's a sort of uh, idea of how much the technology is developing and just how much 5G goes well beyond what we're talking about at the moment when we talk about mobile.
1: Does, fi- is, does 5G have a place or is it fibre in Guernsey? I mean, which way is it going or is it both?
2: That's a really good question. The answer that you'll get from competition authorities and regulators like us is that ultimately it's the customer that chooses. Um, so it has traditionally been the case that fit you have fixed, you know, the kind of fixed lines to your house. And then when we're not at home, we go and use our mobiles. Um, there, is a, there is a case there, especially with home working, that the demand and fix has gone up, you know, stupendously. Um but the funny thing is, I don't know if if, if you notice, but I certainly I, I use my mobile when I'm at home if I make calls and things like that. Um so there's this it's not quite as neat a distinction as what it probably was in the past. But um the issue about what will people use 5G for that is different, um, to say fixed mobile, the obvious answer is is when you're not at home, you're not really going to be doing using fixed. Um but the more, um, the, that portability and the use of it, that's really going to dictate just how useful this is in the future. And ultimately, the applications um, that are developed. And if you find them useful, they'll use 5G. If they don't, they'll just stick with their 4G. You know, Really, consumers will, will dictate the pace, obviously, depending on innovation.
1: States seem to have backed fiber in a way, because I know they've made Promises or plans to have fibre delivered to every home in Guernsey by some date in the future. Does that kind of mould the route?
2: Um, well, I, I mean, it, it seems inevitable that fibre is the way to go. I mean, the the timing of, for fibre now is a very good opportunity taken up. You know, I think it, I think most people commenting on this area will see that the issue of around five G is that if um, if you have five, 5g five at the moment is really just about higher capacity speeds so i don't think it's it's molding the route as much as meeting the demands right now and the biggest demand seems obviously and the lessons from covid are there that people want better quality and and higher capability at home when they're working and you know that's the immediate need 5g has probably been less, was probably more in the cars before COVID, less so after, but I think that is, um, it'll just be, you'll have to wait and see whether um, what comes out and what is developed in the 5G space is useful to people, um, and it's really quite hard to answer that question right now. I mean, I know people who actually work from home using the um, the dongles, who don't actually rely on their fixed line. Um, uh, and that's quite interesting because I, I wouldn't have thought that that would be possible and yet that is so mobile still has a strong place but um as i said i think we're still the jury's still out on exactly what 5g offers aside from really really high speeds
1: i think we could sit and chat about this for a while so i'll try and sh- shift it on a little bit further um i'm interested to talk about um how we- you know, when you come to uh, market failures and complaints and stuff like that, one of your uh, policies or priorities for for next year is to continue investigating complaints. And mar- I mean, how do you come across market failures? Is it issues raised to you, or or do you investigate yourself? Mm-hmm.
0: I. T- 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 respond to that in a sort of high level sense, and Michael can talk a, a bit more about the detail. Uh, I, it's, it's, a, it's a mixture, I and mean, some, sometimes it will be people coming to us uh, with an issue, uh, I, other times it'll be uh, areas that, that we, or sometimes politicians, identify as an area of concern, uh, uh, and we look into that and take a view as to whether uh, there is a uh, an issue there, and if uh, you know if any action that we could take would actually help with that because that 's an important point to make that sometimes we we may see problems. Uh, but if we haven't got uh, the powers to uh, uh, to do anything about it, then uh, uh, you know the best thing that we can do is to try and pass that issue on to uh, uh, you know the body that that can take some action. I think one area, you know, and again it, it's flagged in in our future focus document, uh, and, and I know this reflects uh, a, a priority of the Committee for Economic Development, uh, is uh, you know actually the the position of individual consumers uh and uh, uh you know what w- whether there are uh, things which if you were, were able to engage more effectively with uh, you know the proverbial man in the street uh would be uh, we, you know would throw up issues that we might not otherwise be aware of uh and uh, uh you know that's something that uh, you know without um say exactly what we can do because like, you know this is an area where our powers are quite limited uh, we will want to look at uh, you know at what Potential action uh, we could take to understand more about uh, the perceptions of individual uh, consumers uh, and see if there are areas there that either we or others can can act on. Uh, And if we see uh, that there are major problems uh, and no one's got the power to do anything about it, uh, you know that's something that we can flag up with the the, the politicians as a potential area for uh, for for changes in legislation. So you know, if if that's the only uh, solution to some problems, we'll, we'll. uh you know ch- try to highlight uh you know the gap in the, the framework of protection uh which uh, we and the other uh, similar regulatory bodies provide but i i Mike, michael no doubt want to add to that
2: yeah i mean that's, a, that's it's a big big question matthew i mean, i, I you know, our preference is that organizations uh, generally will, will will come in and say we think we've done something here that might cross the line can you help us i mean that That's the ideal situation. Or we see that it's it's more, shall we say, more cock up than conspiracy. You know, sometimes businesses just make mistakes and don't realize what the law is and we um, what won't reach the, the public ear is um, is the number of, of cases like that that we deal with, where we will simply call parties in and say, this doesn't look right, and they'll go, well, we didn't know, or sorry. Um, and those issues get resolved quite quickly. So the cases that we choose, sometimes, as Chris says, sometimes they come to us, sometimes they're unavoidable um, in the sense of um, when you see an issue and you go, this is quite clearly the wrong side of the law, organisations might choose not to, they might actually think um, that things are okay and that, that is a different challenge. Um, really, we we uh, qu- apply quite a strict um, kind of set of three-line three, three line principle, really, when we look at this, you know, and what Chris mentioned there, one of the first things is um, actually see, do we have any remit here? You know, do, does the law give us any powers? So Um, People will often talk about, um, if you look at the media commentary, so why doesn't the GCRA sort out Orini and why didn't the GCRA sort out Condor or whatever? The fact is those are entirely um, um, outside of our legal remit. They're specifically excluded in law. So um, we can't necessarily always choose cases that come to us. Um, You simply don't have um, the reach of law. But what we do do is we might help advise um, in that area. And we play quite a, a big role in that. Um, but on our, our day job, as it were, those you you will, as Chris says, you get a mixture. You will sometimes get people who will come in and say something's very wrong here. And here's the evidence. Um, sometimes there will be, and this is where the consumer perception point is useful. While we don't act on individual consumer complaints. You know, we don't fix consumer bills. We're not a fair trading body. We're not like the competition market authority in the, in the UK. Uh, we don't have a fair trading role. But where you have a, a significant voice or you start seeing a pattern, then you do start wondering if there's something more um, more concerning or underpinning that. So there'll be different ways that you come to these things. I wouldn't say that there's, there's a single way. Um, And yeah, I mean, interestingly, if you look at the UK, the big cartel case in the UK actually came from um, one construction business complaining to the competition authority, the others had broken the cartel rules, you know, Um, so you might even get cases like that. We haven't had cases like that, but um, there's a huge range of ways in which issues come to the attention of a body like ours.
1: And so it seems then in your your role in twenty twenty two and in the past, I guess has been to be quite proactive then to kind of help people where they where issues could arise
2: very much so. I mean that is a huge part and and, I, and 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 Chris can speak on behalf of board members, but certainly um you know my impression is that is that is the first instinct and mindset it is not to come with a uh, with a hammer and try to find fault it is' it, we're trying to support the economy. And the best way to, to support the economy is address practices through just reasonable means and, and proportionate means and, and coercion and, and, and persuasion. You know, that is the that is the default mode. Um, there is um, the cases that come to the, uh, pro, high, the higher profile uh, tend to be the, the exceptions, actually, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I just to reinforce that, I, uh, the, the, the best outcome uh, for us as, as an authority uh, is if uh, we either spot something or someone comes to us saying, uh, you know, is this OK or not? Uh, we have a conversation, uh, action changes as a consequence of that conversation, and no one ever knows that uh, we've played a role uh you know and we we don't uh, like uh, as a matter of sort of principle to have to get to a position where we're taking formal enforcement action we won't shy away from it if we need to uh, but if we can achieve uh, an objective in a lower key way uh, that that's the best outcome
1: so we the public kind of see the big fines but not most of the work that you do
2: The vast majority you probably wouldn't i mean uh, and it's it's probably not helped by the fact that quite a lot of our work is done not at the direct customer end um it's done at the in terms of the systems that support the delivery of services so even when we intervene and say telecoms that's our focus but you're right the vast majority of it i mean we spend quite a lot of time supporting um the states in the discussions on the the Brexit negotiations and now on the Fair Trade, on the the trade agreements. Um, We have spent quite a lot of time supporting um, um, ORINI in various applications it might, is considering making to UK authorities. Um, We will be involved in a quite a lot of areas that won't um, meet the public eye and we will get quite a lot of instances i mean even now we are getting calls as a result of the cases that we've publicized from law firms saying oh i think we might be falling foul what do we do so that is really a kind of our, our deal, deal space and the reason why we have those two um areas in terms of priorities going forward for 22 is that we think that having the benefit of what we've done over the course of this year we will move next year into the op- really kind of an educating form type space where we we'll encourage um, particularly lawyers who will be the key um, interactors with businesses to get a better grasp of what is on the right side of the line about approach um, and how we work and with the benefit of you know of specific examples and you know are ample ample case precedents in in the europe and the uk and the area in this area and they have very similar competition law to us for example where we can talk in more particular ways about how about our approach and the sort of things to look out for you know that is um a positive support you know, for the for the guernsey economy and, and for guernsey consumers and for businesses because Given the number of SMEs we have, quite a lot of them are not that resourced in terms of being able to really get across some of these things. And so we do try to help inform and educate to prevent issues arising rather than having to deal with them after the fact.
1: Well, I'm, I'm reticent to call it, but I, we're already twice as long as any usual podcast I do, and I've got plenty more to ask you. But uh, unless you've got anything else to add specifically from this conversation... Um, I'd like to thank you both for your time.
0: Not at all. And, uh, you know, if, if you want to come back for a, a second edition uh, with some more detailed questions, we'd be happy to do that. I may
1: well take you off on that. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks, okay. Matt. Good to talk okay. to
1: you.
0: Okay, to time.
1: Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Bailiwick Express podcast. The title track was Shift My Weight by Luno. If you enjoyed it, I know it's a pain, but please like and share. It all helps, and remember, you can hit bailiwickexpress.com to stay right up to date with whatever is happening in the Bailiwick. You can find us online, on social, on email, and on internet radio. There'll be more from me, Matthew Leach, and all the Bailiwick Express team next Friday.